If you are looking for even more help and guidance on your breakup, I have a few different options for you to take your healing to the next level. I have four different online courses depending on what stage of the breakup that you're in from beginning all the way into moving on after heartbreak, or you can bundle all of my courses together and use the code podcast to get $25 off my course bundle. I also have my 30 day no contact challenge to help hold you accountable in going no contact with your ex. And we have our free Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with other people going through breakups all over the world. To learn more about any of these resources, head to the show notes where you can learn more about my courses, take the quiz to figure out which course is best for you, or join the Facebook group. And don't forget to use the code PODCAST to get $25 off my course bundle. Welcome to the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast with your host, Breakup Bestie, aka me, Kendra. Breakups are hard, but you don't have to do it alone. Each week, I will be taking you through a different topic as it relates to breaking up, healing from heartbreak, growing in your single life, dating, and getting back into happier and healthier relationships. The goal of this show is to provide support, hope, tips, and to remind you that above all, this too shall pass. Welcome back to another expert episode of the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast. Today I have my friend of mine, my friend Hannah, and she is someone who I have watched in real time go through a breakup. After becoming a parent myself, I think gained an extra spot of empathy, an extra soft spot for people who are navigating a breakup with children involved. And so I really wanted to commit to bringing in more content that addresses that. So my friend Hannah is has a beautiful daughter, and she went through a separation with her daughter's father. So we dive into that in this episode. I think we talk about a lot of things in this episode, as we usually do, because as you guys know, breakups are so multifaceted. There are so many things that come along with it. But I think what Hannah really addresses well is we talk a lot about this concept of finding safety when going through a breakup. Hannah also happened to have shared a very, very intertwined social circle with her ex. So not only was she navigating co-parenting, navigating kind of honestly like kind of reinvigorating her social circle, her support system and figuring out how to find safety within that, but also going through this breakup, finding, rediscovering herself outside of the relationship, but also rediscovering herself as a mom and as a single mom. So there are so many beautiful things in this episode. It was an honor to be able to bring a friend on who I admire and respect so much. And I can't wait to share her and her story with you guys. Welcome, Hannah, to the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast. So excited to have a friend on doing the listener episode. So happy to be here. It feel it's really interesting when you first asked me to come on and we had talked about it previously, but you were like, serious. <laughs> and you're like, I want, you, I want to interview. You know, my first inclination and or first feeling was like, why? You know, and because I don't have the perfect co-parenting relationship. I'm not always my best self. And do things perfectly, like I said, but then I kind of took a step back. And I think that's the most relatable part about all of this, about going through a breakup, about finding yourself outside of a dynamic 
that you've gotten so used to is it's not perfect. It's messy and it's hard. And I was just sharing with a friend earlier that like recovery really from a breakup like lies in the the pain and the depth of that pain other than most of the success. It's like, how do I get through this? And so I, I really appreciate you to, you know, taking time to hear my story. Yeah. No, I mean, I like watched your recovery, you know, from afar. And it's like, to me, I can like, it's very transformational. And like I told you, like, I think going through a cope, to be fair, I don't feel like I really understood how hard co-parenting after a breakup could potentially even be until having, you know, having a kid myself. I think I always could understand it like logically, like, yes, that would be very hard. But now, you know, being a parent, it's like, that's why I'm like, I really want to provide more content on this because Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is like no joke. I mean, not only to have to go through a breakup, but then having to show up as a mom, as a dad, whatever someone's Mm -hmm. situation is. So I think it's a really important thing. And I, I cannot imagine anyone has done it perfectly. Mm-hmm. I cannot imagine that would be the case. So could you just walk us through like a little bit about like the background of the relationship? Yeah. So I don't have a very formal story. I didn't meet someone, fall in love, get engaged and have the whole fairy tale. I met someone and we met through work, a work event. and. I think we were dating about three months and we found out we were pregnant. My background is I never knew if I was going to be able to have children. I had three miscarriages and my sisters, I come from family full of very strong, dominant women and they sneeze in my hometown water. Like everyone is pregnant by the age 18. I'm from a very small town. And that's what you do is you make babies. And now in hindsight, after my daughter was born, I saw, you know, the why, why God's will. Cause we never understand when we're in it. Like you're just saying, it's like, you can compartmentalize some things and like, being a mom and like, oh, I could never imagine, but we don't know until we know when we're in things, how we'll act, how we'll feel, how we'll behave. And for me, you know, when in this relationship being so new and getting pregnant, like I didn't know how this person handled conflict. I don't know how this person was a parent. I didn't know a lot but tapping into my own beliefs and how I felt about the pregnancy, you know, with previous pregnancies, there was just this weird intuition feeling that like something was wrong. And some women can relate to that in the aspect of when they do have a miscarriage, just something in their body didn't feel right. And that happened every single time. And when I got pregnant with my daughter, I didn't have that feeling. I don't know if it was like a spiritual experience or to me, it's what I identify now as like God's guidance is just, I felt this overwhelming piece of everything was going to be okay. And so when I 
decided to move forward with the pregnancy between my ex and I, it was an uphill battle. And I think from the beginning, there was a power struggle between the two of us because I had to have some compassion for what this person was going through and what most men go through. They don't understand what being pregnant's like. And (laughs) with that connection, a mother feels like they don't really, I mean, I can't speak for a man, but why didn't see? There's not a level of connectivity until they come out of us. And, you know, instantly I felt connected to my child and this person had to go through a pretty quick process with a lack of understanding that I was going through. And so, like I said, it was from the beginning, it felt like there was a major, just we were up against a lot, not only for the surprise pregnancy, but really like how our personalities were. I mean, you're like still getting to know each other very much. So, at three, you know, like we just, we didn't, but the great part in all of this whether it's Otter God, this human, you know, was willing to immediately get into therapy and work together. But that that never really went a- away. And they're just always were just like up against something. So we decided to stick it out. At the time I was living in Los Angeles <laughs> and he was living in Orange County. And so much change. And this contributed to their relationship. It's not even just like, I'm now bringing a life into the world. I'm now, within a year, moving cities. I'm, you know, how you and I met. Like, I had to make a whole new group of friends. I had to move jobs. Just everything changed in such a short amount of time. And to prepare for a life. And I think just so much stuff. It's like you're running through the forest and you just see these trees going by you. And looking back now, I never felt this deep connection. I think we were just managing through the storm. Yeah. I still love him. I have a a deep love, respect, and admiration for him for being the father that he is. And I've loved him very much at the time. But what happened for me was, and I'm going to try my best to like only speak for myself. So what I, after I had my daughter and I moved down to Orange County and I'm experiencing all this change on top of all the change that women go through with their bodies, like the stuff that they don't talk about like you know they talk about how to prepare for a baby they talk about like all the cute stuff yeah and the stuff and what happened for me was almost immediately after my daughter was born I started battling postpartum depression and anxiety and it was debilitating I was in constant just this anxiety on my if I was awake I had anxiety and I couldn't even like driving a car I just felt like someone was gonna hit me or I remember this one time and this is outside of the sleep deprivation breastfeeding all of that 
I remember one time I was walking with my daughter and there was someone on the phone, like on the corner of the street. And I was like, he's going to kidnap us. Like, wait, this is it. He's going to throw us into the car and we're going to be gone. Like it, I was experiencing paranoia and it was bleeding into my relationship. Now it's not two of us. It's three of us in a very short amount of time. We have a three person dynamic in this relationship. And I didn't know how to deal with it. And I remember having a conversation with him and it like a light switch went on. It's almost like when, you know, in recovery, we don't really see people who, for me, you know, I'm sober almost seven years and I never realized like my effect that it had on other people until, you know, we work the steps and we do stuff. And remember he said something to me after we had broken up he's like, I don't think you realize the effect that your mental health had on me during that time. And I was like, well, like I was so focused on me and how I felt. So that seeped into our relationship and I had lost my identity. I've forgotten who Hannah was. And I know that sounds very like simple and a blanket statement, but I couldn't find myself outside of the relationship and outside of being a, a mother. And which isn't like me. I'm an outdoor dog. I love connecting to people. I like doing fun things. I love people. I love talking and meeting new people and just, and that would, it totally flipped a switch. I'd left my job. My partner and I at the time had agreed, which I think this contributed a lot to my mental health that I was going to stay home for a year with my daughter. And then after a year. So moving forward, my mental health kind of like increased and the postpartum depression and anxiety increased. I sought help for that. And then the pandemic happened and a lot of people's relationships suffered from that. They had to either deal with a lot of problems and they got through it or whatever have you. And I don't think it was us ignoring our problems in our relationship. I think it was more so my coping skills. I love to work out, meet with my girls, like all my coping skills were completely thrown off. I, I no longer got to feel what connected and other people because there was so much fear in the world. Gyms were closed down. Restaurants were closed down. I couldn't see my family. And that all of a sudden was bringing up more stuff because I don't want to make him in a bad light. Yeah. But there was definitely. But both people have parts, you know, you're doing a real, like you're, you know, saying you're a part of it, but like, I think anyone can say like both people have parts in a situation. I want to share like my experience. Yeah. You know, in mine and his relationship, I didn't feel a lot of validation for my experience. Meaning if something would happen, I didn't feel like I was heard. And I can understand that because he didn't really understand what was going on with me. And at a very heightened point in our relationship, I felt crazy. I felt crazy for feeling the way that I did. I felt crazy for 
our relationship kind of spiraling at this point. So in our relational dynamic between my ex and I, he's a very dominant, strong personality. And with that being said, and with having a lot of respect from him and him doing the best that he could at the time, in order for him to feel, in my perspective, validation in his own being, he had to feel in control of a lot of stuff. If he couldn't control it, then he couldn't understand it. And I think that's where my feelings really started to sink and I started to feel crazy Hmm. in the way that I did. Yet I was getting a lot of validation from other people in the sense of like, it's normal as a mom to feel this way. Yeah, I should say it differently. A lot of people experience this, but you shouldn't feel this way. You don't have to feel this way. Yeah. There's a lot of miscommunication in that in society where people are like, oh, this is normal. Or this yeah. Is. Just postpartum. Yeah. yeah. It comes with the territory, but you don't have to feel that way. Like there's, yeah. there's resources. And so, and this is really important, I think, in the sense of, the co-parenting dynamic or a co-parenting breakup or breakup in any sense. I shouldn't just say co-parenting. In the midst of like 2020, a gym did open and I joined that gym and I just, I was like, I could finally exhale because meetings at this point are all, everything's online and it's okay. It's like, you know, you're doing a lot of online workouts. I got a Peloton. You know, it's like buying, it's like when you want craft macaroni and cheese and you have to Kroger. <laughs> yeah. It's like, all right, it does the job, but it's just like, it's not hitting. I joined a gym and it was in a tent and it was, it was incredible. And I start to feel that connection. I started to feel alive again. And I was like, I wanted to create Hannah again. And then like, it was like divine intervention. And it sounds silly. But it's like just being around people at, in the state of that world of just, I mean, we wore a mask and everything, but like, it just, it felt like, oh my gosh, there's a little bit of normalcy, mm-hmm. but that also affected, negatively affected my relationship. Unfortunately, I got a job at that gym and in their perspective, they saw it as me kind of choosing a life outside of our relationship. But for me, it was making me stronger and better mm-hmm. so that I could show up to the relationship. Yeah. And I had a hard time understanding their experience and their perspective. And that's where we butt heads a lot. I just constantly felt like I had to be in a role mm-hmm. that I was okay with. Yeah. I wish that I could be a stay at home mom in my heart and like soul goes out to stay at home moms who enjoy it. Yeah. I don't know how to be better. <laughs> Like, I love my daughter. She's my ride or die. She's the freaking best thing. But I don't feel intellectually, creatively fulfilled by being a full-time stay-at-home mom. Yeah. And that's okay. It's 100% okay. Because in this way, since I've been working full-time and doing my other side stuff, I'm a way better mom. Mm-hmm. I'm more emotionally available to my daughter than I've ever been in my entire life. And that's all great. So what had happened was it got to a point where I was experiencing suicidal ideations in my relationship. 
And circling back to me at the, I think it was five years at the time. I mean, long story short, I didn't get sober to feel that way. I lived a lot where I was a hope to die drug addict and alcoholic. And there was one thing that I remembered when I decided to stay sober was like, I never want to feel this way ever again. I had everything I wanted. I had a man that was successful, that would do anything for his daughter. I had a daughter who was healthy and bright and just so loving. And I I was the most unhappy I'd ever been in my life. I felt like the only center of gravity in my life was my daughter. And I knew that she, at least at bare minimum, she didn't choose this. She didn't choose to have a mother that couldn't choose herself. Like, cause at that time, Kendra only knew how to choose my significant other. Only knew how to stay. Only knew how to choose my daughter because I was in airplane mode. Yeah. I feel like it's like you want to want you know, it's hard. You're like kind of fighting with like, I want to want this, but like, were you able to connect at that time that like, it was probably the relationship that was like causing all of that? Or were you trying to like, cause I just think like when we, before we get sober, it's like, we don't want to put the blame on like alcohol and drugs. Cause we like want to keep doing that. Was it the same kind of thing? Like where you were trying to not have it be the relationship that was making you feel that way? Yes. And I'm going to tell you a funny story. Oh, what happened? (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't a big event when we broke up. I remember my ex, he's very successful. He, at the time, was running on a big treatment center and has a bunch of other investments. He's, he works like a dog. And so my job was to keep house, take care of the kid. But his one job was to take out the trash every Monday. And that Monday, he didn't take out the trash to the corner. And then I remember that morning he had made coffee and he had like washed his coffee cup or whatever. And he didn't wring out the sponge. And I grabbed the sponge and I smelled it, <laughs> that nasty sponge. And I lost my shit. I called my mom hysterically crying. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. And it was the straw that broke my back and I like I lost it because like all I'm thinking about is like he has one job he has no respect for me he doesn't think about me he has no consideration for what I do and just and later that day I had asked to go you know when you come home I'd like to go work out and we got in an argument just like a general argument and I like the sponge and the garbage and the argument I I was like I don't know how to say this. There's no beautiful way of saying this. And I had said to him, I was like, I don't want to live anymore. Like, I don't think you understand. Like this relationship is killing me. And of course there's a lot of stuff in between that has happened. That's just information. It's just like, but it was how I was feeling. And like to relate back again, like I did not choose a different life to feel this way. And he came, he immediately came home from work and he's like, you know, this is not working for either of us. And it was 
a point of surrender in my life that I really just had to have God take the wheel. And I don't know if it was an exorcism, but at that point, because with my attachment issues and the things that I have worked on in my life, I don't let go. I hang on to your life and I love my mother, but I was raised by a very enabling codependent mother who taught me how to stay in very unhealthy relationships. We stayed no matter what. And so, but in that moment, I was, it was just like, okay, you know, and to answer your question, it took me, I got an apartment, I moved into an apartment with my daughter and it's a couple weeks after I had moved in, I can relate back to sobriety where it's like, you're, you're living a sober life and you turn around. And I, I just realized, I remember I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I was feeling that way for so long. Mm, I, yeah. Like I was able to exhale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to ask if there was like a level of relief or yeah, I don't know if it's relief, but like, yeah, looking back and being like, you don't realize how you were feeling until you were out of it. Almost. You know, dealing with that type of personality that my ex has for what he would tell me about myself and how I was feeling, I would believe. Mm -hmm. And, you know, after a couple of weeks being out of that, I was like, it's coming out of a storm. Yeah. It's just like, whoa, what was that? What was that back there? Did you see that? (laughs) Yeah. Like I was like, I can't believe because I'm not a rigid person at all. But how my anxiety, I felt so out of control in my relationship. Mm-hmm. And of course, with a baby, like you good luck. There's no control. Yeah, there's no, yeah. I would be so rigid about certain things. I had to organize my pantry a certain way. The laundry had to be done, the, the floors had to be clean. That was all of the control I didn't feel in the relationship manifesting outwardly. My mind was like outer order brings inner peace. Yeah. And that's, you know, for me, that's resting my belief, something on tangible things that can be taken away from me. So of course I felt like rigid all the time. Like yeah. who cares? he didn't take out the trash on a Monday. He works 24 seven. Who cares if he didn't ring out the sponge? Like looking back now, I'm like, geez, relax lady. Like, <laughs> You know, well, it's like I tell people like, you know, I've heard like a variation of this story a lot where it's like at the end, it feels like like a disproportionate reaction to like something. But like I always tell people, I'm like, it wasn't this like you get driven to a point where like that's the only option of a reaction. You know, it's like I think we can, you know, look back and be like, okay. I don't know if I handled that like the best, but like there's so much that go, like you said, that was the straw. Like it, it was proportionate. If you look at the big picture. Exactly. And my, my first sponsor, she had told me a story about a girl calling her hysterical. She thought she, someone had died and she was like, what's going on? She goes, my coffee maker's broken. And she, you know, the story, what it relates to is like, it's never about the broken coffee maker. Yeah. It's never about the sponge. You know, it's always about what's underneath that and what was underneath, you know, for the last couple of years has like exploded in my life. Yeah. It's those things that really wanted to come up and be like, this isn't right, Hannah. You're not honoring yourself, Hannah. 
you know, like, this is not where you belong, Hannah. I was like, yeah, yeah. I come from a broken home and like outside of it, you can always say, oh yeah, I would totally like two happy homes is way better than one unhappy. You don't know until you know, and you're in an, in it. And I want to goddamn sure that I did everything I possibly could to make that relationship work before I threw my hands up and was like, okay. Yeah. Isn't it? So I think part of like coming out of a relationship like that is like, could you talk a little bit about like balancing the two dynamics of like the kind of relief and like being able to breathe, but also like feeling very sad and like losing a relationship and like missing the person. Cause I hear that all the time. They're like, I don't know why I miss them when I know we're not supposed to be together, but it's like, you're human. Like that's part of it. There's like a lot of ands when we're going through a breakup. Like I know that wasn't right for me and I'm still mourning it. Like, could you talk kind of about that balance of grieving and exhaling? There's so many levels of grief that come with grieving when you break up with a significant other and you have a child with them. You're not only grieving the relationship, of course, it's person that you're not going to wake up next to every day and bring your baby in the bed and just have those family moments. Essentially with, you know, like the main stuff in the relationship, right? You're grieving a future that you thought you were going to have with them. You're grieving your best friend. You're grieving a friendship and that connection essentially that you had with them. And so the relationship grief. Mm -hmm. Then there is the grief for your family that you feel. The triangle, the three of you. You're grieving for all three of you now. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would you do if you had unlimited time and energy? As you're navigating your breakup, I know your energy can feel low and it can feel really difficult to complete everything you need to in a day. When you're emotionally exhausted, it's especially important to be really clear on what your priorities are and where your energy should be invested. Therapy has helped me in the past figuring out where I should be putting my energy, whether that's career, friendships, relationships, events, which in turn has helped lower my anxiety because I don't always have to feel stretched thin or behind. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash heartbreak today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash heartbreak. Are you looking for a guilt-free way to unwind? Between balancing your breakup, work, and just functioning in your day-to-day life, I know you are under a lot of stress. Breakups mess with your nervous system, cause obsessive thoughts, and make it so hard to just sit with yourself. This is why it's so important to have rituals that allow you to treat yourself in a healthy way. And this is why I love Recess Mood, a sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like stress-balancing adaptogens and mood-lifting magnesium. Life has been very full and stressful for me lately, and as someone who hasn't had alcohol in a 11 years, I need something that helps me relax and that can bring me a moment of peace. Lately, my favorite way to do that is sitting on the couch after I put my kids to bed and having either the strawberry rose or the lime recess mood. They not only make me feel good, but they also taste incredible too. 
So whether you're looking for a healthier alternative to alcohol or a way to make you feel more balanced, you deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash heartbreak and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah. And I think that that was a level that I wasn't... No one's prepared for it. Yeah. That... It seeped out in other ways of my life. It, you know, grief is such a an interesting thing that you know you got to have no expectations for it, and it's because it's it never goes away. And so, you know, my relationship, I'm grieving the family, I'm grieving, and now I grieve for my daughter because she doesn't understand what's going on. And you know, it's kind of like a tangent of like grieving that family, but also like. You grieve like what's to come for her. You grieve, mm-hmm. you know, for what she's losing, even though she was so small. Yeah. I mean, there's the positive of like exhaling, starting to find Hannah again, like starting to realize like, okay, maybe I'm just not like, a. I don't know, like the things that you started to believe about yourself, you're starting to like realize like, oh, those actually aren't true. So there's like that relief finding yourself. There's like a freedom almost, but then there's also like all the loss. So it's like, how do those things play into each other? Like, what was your experience of that? So one, like I said in the beginning, it wasn't done perfectly. Yeah. I had a lot of expectations on myself Hmm. and no one asked me to show up in my suit and armor and and handle it. Yeah. I put that expectation on myself. So for me with like dealing with that, what was super important to me was safety. And, you know, another part of that grief is a lot of my my relationships outside of my ex changed. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, you know, knowing there was like a very intertwined social circle as well. Yes, there was a very intertwined social circle. So I think for me, finding who my safe people were because... When we would do exchanges, I found out the hard way. You can't go to the hardware store for milk. You know, I would. And it took me some time. I would constantly go back to my ex and be like, this is so hard. I'm having such a hard time. And like, he was my security blanket for so long. And I selfishly wanted to maintain that connection and utilize that connection because we had a daughter. He would do the same thing. Yeah. He's not perfect. No, I'm just <laughs> like, he did it. Well, too. it's, you know, it's like falling back into like, you know, knowing like he likes to like be in control. And then you were kind of in that dynamic of like, I don't know, like I could see how it would be so easy to fall back into that. Absolutely. And that hurt me more. It prolonged the pain mm-hmm. because I was still in the cycle with him. Yeah. I was still continuing the cycle. And I had to, I really had to get to work on myself. And there's a lot of grief in my history. I have a lot of death that I've had to deal with. So I'm not, you know, not accustomed to 
to grief, but with um, this relationship, I continued a cycle and continued to recreate a dynamic because that was I was so comfortable in it. And I didn't give myself time to grieve. Yeah. I, I didn't allow myself at all. And what I tried to do was stay friends with him. Yeah. Again, like this all just prolonged the inevitable and it got more messy and enabled his control. And it also emphasized both of our hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, there were many a nights where I cried myself to sleep. I tried to read my way out of it with self-help books. These are all extremely important, by the way. Yeah. I started working for a gym for somewhere, someplace, and this is very helpful, that knew nothing, nothing about the situation. You know, our social circle is very inter- intertwined. I found somewhere that I was able to just be Hannah. Whether you get a job somewhere or you join a gym or you go take an art class, like find somewhere that you can just go be yourself that no one knows about the situation. That's really important. Yeah. People would be like, how are you? And be like, I'm having a tough time. But like, I love the this, this space that I got to be a part of so much is because they were just there for me. Well, it's like going back to your thing of safety. Like that, it was like a safe place. It was a safe space for you. It was so safe for me. I got to be there and I got to focus on the positive. I mean, because you've been there where like people are just like happy there. Yeah. And it's hard not to be and like to dance around and work out and just like be goofy and childlike. And that was really important for me to find somewhere that, especially as a mother going through a breakup where I didn't have to be a mom. I didn't have to be a a caretaker. I didn't have to be an ex. Like all these hats were taken off where I could just go. And that was really important because it made me realize how unauthentic I was being with my continued dynamic with him. Yeah. Because I was able to be my true self in the space. But then with other interactions with him, as we're trying to navigate co-parenting, I would return to this like toxic side of me. And as you know, as time goes on and you gain more recovery from something, it stops working. Well, it's like you can see and feel what it feels like to be authentic. And you're like, whoa, because when you're just living like inauthentically, like you don't know the difference. You're like, I guess this is just who I am now. But then when you can kind of return back, it's like that stark contrast is like, whoa, I don't want to be like this. Exactly. And I started to create a social circle outside of my previous dynamic. I started making different friends. I think that's really, really, really important because it's like, I mean, I know you still have like a lot of the same, like, it's not saying you have to let go of them forever, but it's like having that other group to like, I don't know, to have that safe place. I think some people are like, well, it's either that or nothing. And it's like, there's, there's another option kind of a thing. And I think you did that so well. I think, and I just went where it felt good. And like, again, like I cannot express safety big enough. Yeah. Like it's emotionally, it's so hard. Listen, men and women, you're not going (laughs) to know how to emotionally take care of yourself. You're just not like surrender to that fact. You're not, you're going through something like it's so heartbreaking what you're experiencing. So you have to find those people 
and like do it diligently of where you can experience different parts of yourself in a safe way. And I'm not saying you have to meet someone at a gym and spill your guts to them. Yeah. Well, that bring out the good in you. I remember you, a good you, friend of ours, yeah. a really good friend of ours said to me, she's like, because I had, I had shared an experience and interaction I, I had with someone. And she's like, well, let me ask you this, Hannah. She's like, how do you feel after each time you're around them? She's like, do you feel good? And I'm like, no. And she's like, then why do you keep going back to that? Yeah. And I was like, whoa. And I started living my way about that because, you know, unfortunately, people bond in negativity. Yeah. And I'm perfect. And they bond in gossip. And, you know, with having, how did you put it earlier? Very intertwined social circle. Yeah. You want to be careful about what information is told to to who, you know, Mm. obviously. And I took a suggestion from someone a long time ago was you have to put up those barriers. And it's so difficult moving from being such great friends with certain people to now experiencing, you know, a lack of safety. Yeah. And unfortunately, and as it does in a lot of breakups, information gets back to your ex and they'll get upset about it. But information would get back to my ex and I wouldn't know from who. And, you know, a lot of people, I didn't say anything. Well, I didn't say anything. And I didn't say, and listen, why I said you don't know how to emotionally take care of yourself. I would make speeches about my emotional being and I would forget who my audience was because I was so like, you're in this state where it's just like, help me, someone help me. Yeah. Like I'm on my life. I'm losing the father of my child. I'm losing my family. And you know, you're, you're trying the best with what you have, but I would just forget who I was talking to. Cause I just, I didn't want to feel the way that I was feeling. And you know some things had to happen for me to be like, you know, hello, wake up. And unfortunately, a lot of friendship dynamics had to change. Typically, I set a boundary in a friendship where I thought I was protecting it. And I said, listen, like, I would love for our friendship to not have to talk about this relationship. And for you to be a person that like, I can go to and talk about life. Yeah. Kind of like, I was saying about the gym or my job, like, let me just be Hannah with you. Yeah. Let me take off my hat. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, it'd be such a relief that I wouldn't have to like update you about things and you could be that person for me. And unfortunately that wasn't well received. And what sucks about breakups is you also experience loss of friendships. Yeah. And, you know, for me, I was sitting there like, I just had to deal with this, losing this relationship. Because as shitty as it was, like, listen, I hear you when you say like, I know I wasn't supposed to be in there. I know, I know for a fact, our karmic tie was to create our daughter and for, for what I choose to believe is fact, to create our daughter for her to live out her purpose. And for her to fulfill her destiny, that was mine and my ex's job. And Mm -hmm. once that was done, 
that's why it stopped working. Yeah. That's our purpose. We had fulfilled our karmic tie and it was time to move on. But that still doesn't take away, like, as you know, the program teaches us self knowledge avails us nothing. I can know a lot of stuff. Yeah. Well, it's like up here, but like our head and our hearts are like not on the same page a lot of the time. Uh, never. They never are. They're yeah. just like, just like what what's going on guys yeah it doesn't take away the pain and the feelings and the grief of everything and i have had to also navigate through some really hard friendships with it all and these aren't just like being these are people that watched my child be born and i've you know thrown baby showers for them and so i had to set forth a really new discovery channel for myself okay who are my people it all has to do with perspective when it comes to this i think allow yourself to be like this is a lot for me like i had to i had to allow myself to be psycho i have to have those friends where i can facetime them and when i'm like this that her them buy me some donuts bring the rope and shovel like i'm boarding the train and they will be like, yeah, F this, F that. <laughs> yeah. F, but at the end of the conversation, we come back to solution and like, because I need people like that in it with me and, but won't let me act on anything. Of course, they'll validate my feelings. And well, I think you said like, I allow this to be hard. Like that's really, really important. I have allowed it to be very hard, but I've also switched to perspective and things and it takes practice, like a very mindful practice of like a very exciting time in my life. Every ending is a new beginning. I chose to be excited about creating new friendships. I chose to be excited and enjoy decorating my new house. You know, sometimes you have to make conscious choices to how you're going to feel. And I would, believe me, at nighttime, I would lay my head down. I would cry. I would talk to, you know, who I choose to call God. I would talk to a friend and pour my heart out. But at other times, I would consciously choose joy and to enjoy things. It's just like, listen, like, you're going to be sore for a while. It's not just a new muscle you're flexing and it's a whole new lifestyle you are obtaining. Mm. So people are like, wow, you like handled that with grace. It's cut. like, no, I didn't. I, by the way, I did it. I was very slow to think things through and to be conscious. And I made impulsive decisions at times, but like allow yourself to do that. Allow yourself to be a little messy. Allow yourself. Because how are you going to learn? Yeah. Like, yeah. I shouldn't have said that to them. Like, because that didn't go over well. What can I do differently next time to approach the situation? Okay. How can I take care of myself better the next time instead of, you know, emotionally dumping on five people that that's not safe? that's not good. Like you didn't, you were not aware of your audience at that time. So it's like, okay, moving forward, how can I be more mindful, you know? And you're not going to know that 
I'm not trying to advertise people. Please do it the wrong way. You're not going to know that if you allow yourself mistakes. Well, it's like, I think there's also this idea of like, like you're learning how to trust yourself again. And like, Mm -hmm. I think there's just so much value in like kind of going with your gut and like learning how to trust yourself and then being like, okay, I'm going to like readjust a little bit. But instead of like going back into that, like, I don't trust myself. I don't make the right decision. You know, like that paralyzing, like fear of being inauthentic. Like, I think there's that idea of like being authentic and then you can be like, okay, that doesn't work for me this time. But like, I'm going to allow myself grace and like change it for the future. But I think there is like learning how to trust yourself. There's, there's a messiness to it. And there should be because you can't learn to trust yourself by like staying in your house and not doing anything. Mm -hmm. You have to take risks and you have to, instead of taking a a cannonball plunge, you got to dip your toe in the water about vulnerability. And it's scary. It's scary learning. Like it's all about perspective on things. Like I was saying, it's scary getting to know yourself outside of a relationship. Mm -hmm. I remember this conversation I had with a a friend, a friend, and she was like talking to me about some of her relationship stuff. And I was like, you know what? I realized I could give two shits about sports for the longest time. I would be like, yes, Lord, because I wanted to feel connected to my significant other. And this wasn't just this relationship. It was years of relationships. My dad was an athletic director and he loved sports. And that's how I felt connected to him emotionally. You know, I was, God love my dad. I can speak freely about the relationship now, but I was raised by a very emotionally unavailable man that played in a lot my relationships and how I choose men, of course, and how I attach to them, you know, and anxious loves and avoidant. And I would do things like watch hours of football every Sunday because I felt like that was some sort of forced connection. So taking a step back now, you know, I do like going to sporting events if we have, I know as rich as this sounds like if we have like box seats and there's catering and it's, (laughs) but like, I don't, I don't really care. I don't care who's in the playoffs anymore. And I discovered that about myself, you know, which could be scary for some people being like, oh, I don't know. I'm 30 years old and I don't know what I, I, I like. I'm 30 years old and I have all this cool stuff that I get to learn about myself. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like you're getting to know yourself outside of a relationship, but like you're so different from how you entered the relationship because now you're a mom, you have a daughter. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, you know, it's just getting to know yourself again as a mom is, is wild. And then getting to know yourself outside of a relationship and as a mom, like it's a lot. And I think that's such a great perspective to, to hold around that. And I think your process of like learning as you go is, really, really beautiful, even though, you know, yeah, it's messy, but like, I think it's ultimately really, really beautiful. Like how you kind of have navigated the whole thing. I just want to touch on like kind of the turning point for you of like learning. You learned like there are safe friendships. Can you kind of talk about like the turning point of realizing you can't go back to your ex for like the same kind of things that you were before, like kind of the boundaries you ultimately drew with your ex? Yeah, absolutely. First, I had to realize it was a problem. Yeah. The second part, I had to realize my part in it and Mm. what I was influencing and my effect on him because we were feeding each other. Like any given point in time, like it takes two. Yeah. 
And, you know, with one person controlling or spiraling, it doesn't work. It just took two. And so I had to see my part in a lot of the things because ultimately what I wanted him to do was choose me. And, but this is coming from someone who didn't know how to choose herself. Yeah. And so looking at that piece and doing the work while I was doing, I had to kind of reflect on like, okay, what part of me is showing up to this? What is the ultimate need from my act during this time? Is it safety? Is it comfort? Is it stability? Is it validation? Like all of those things, where else can I get that? Yeah. That's not going to be, I know the definition of insanity that like a lot of people use is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. But for me, my insanity is doing the same thing over and over, knowing, knowing what the result is going to be. Yeah. This is going to hurt. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is not going to be well. And then I'm like, like yeah. I'm going for it. It's just that temporary relief, that temporary hope, whatever it may be that I'm holding on to why I do it, it's still there. And so I had to realize, okay, where can I get these things where I have seemingly given the job to my ex to provide? Yeah. And, A job um, that he's not going to do. Oh, and he hadn't done. Yeah. You know, because he's also doing his own grief process and hardware store for milk. And so I got all those feelings in healthier places. It was not a comfortable dynamic when I started to change. Mm, yeah. Again, like... You're not fulfilling that role for him anymore. Yeah, I'm not giving the reaction. I'm not meeting essentially what he needs anymore. And it's very uncomfortable. You're doing a new exercise. If you haven't worked out abs at all in your life, and all of a sudden you're doing 50 crunches a day, you're like, this hurts. Yeah. What's the end result? You know, a healthier life. You know, you're going to feel stronger. You're going to feel better. And I love the saying, like, what's the difference between God's will and my will? And my will is so easy in the beginning. What I want, you know, is so easy in the beginning. But it gets harder and harder and harder and harder. And eventually it blows up. God's yeah. will, is, I feel like for me and my experience, it's very hard. It's not easy. It's impractical almost. But the end result is almost 99.9% .9 of the time better than I expected. Yeah. You know, and I stayed out of that for a really long time because I was in constant fear. And really like humans only fear two things, right? Not getting what they want and losing what they have. Mm -hmm. And so with changing that relational dynamic with my ex, it's like every single time that I needed the validity, needed whatever it may be, it was like, hey, what's the fear here? And I had to change. And a lot of that had to do with action steps. Like you can't think your way into feeling better. You got to act in your way into feeling better. But what I really like noticed is like once I changed a lot of my behaviors and it was peaks and valleys. Listen. It's not a linear process. Yeah. Like what I was like, ooh, yeah, held a boundary. I'm cool. Da, 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 da. A couple of days later, I'm like, I'm folding like a napkin. You know, yeah. like it takes practice over and over and over again. And eventually there will be more consistency. But you know, the tough part for me, I essentially in the other person's perspective or experience was that I was doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. 
that's where a lot of people get caught up is like, your boundary is not to make other people feel safe and to feel good. Yeah. Your boundaries are there to protect you. Totally. Yeah. And to keep you safe and to grow. Like for the longest time, I get so pissed people and like my ex and, you know, not just from this relationship, I've been previous times where I was like, you're not allowed to do that. They don't respect my boundary. And I get so pissed at them. And it's like, you know, like my, my sponsor is also my Al-Anon sponsor. She's just like, they're pushing your buttons, move your buttons. You know, you put a boundary down, keep it there. Why are you moving it? Because they're up tough gazongas. Yeah. You know? And I think with this certain personality that I, you know, dealt with very strong personality, less is always more in responses. Mm-hmm. Oh, anybody an explanation. Now, when it comes to co-parenting, there's a lot of things you have to learn to navigate through a relationship with somebody. And I don't know if you want to go into that, but. I feel like everything you've talked about has been so good. I always try to keep it around an hour so I don't lose okay. people, ah. but I feel like I want to do a part two with you because this was like. Okay, so yeah, good. absolutely. I'm sorry. Did I talk about something too much? Can, no. You can tell oh my me God. like, hey, you need to like talk less about this and more about this. Like I'm totally. No, honestly, too. it was like so good. It was. Really? Yeah. This is like amazing. Oh my yeah. God. You're- Yeah. No, I'm like, I've been like captivated this whole time. So no, it's been so good. I'm just going to ask like a wrap up question, but I think we should talk more and do like more of like a co-parenting thing. But honestly, I think everything you talked about was like really good. So yeah. Okay. I feel like I could literally talk to you for like three hours, but I want to end on like, I feel like your story impacts any kind of breakup. So, but what would you say to someone who's like fresh from a breakup and like kind of transport yourself back to where you were, what would you say to them? Now, is this specifically with a child involved or just Yeah, let's say with a child involved. Yeah. So a couple of things. One, give yourself grace. Yeah. Especially as mothers, we forget to give ourselves grace. And gosh, there's so many things that like I'd want to like give you a list of things (laughs) like this, don't forget this, don't like a packing list. Yeah. Backpacking. Remember. Grace is a huge thing, especially as a mom. All mothers around the world deserve more than just one day a year to be celebrated. And another thing that I would say, and I want to say this diligently in the space of what I've learned with my child and a balance is it's okay to have feelings around your kid. Mm, I love that. Yeah. You know, I have tried, obviously you want to protect your child through everything in this world, but you know, if I'm having a bad day and I'm sad or, you know, I was crying and my daughter kind of, they're so smart and she yeah. noticed it's okay to tell your kid that you're sad. Yeah. It's okay to tell your kid that you're having a tough time. Cause what that normalizes, like for my child, at least, and she does it now, she tells me when she's having a tough time, Yeah, she tells me when she wants to cry. And I think that's so beautiful when you're able to have a relationship dynamic with your child that you don't just talk about the positive things you can talk about, like, oof, mommy's having a hard day or mommy's sad or, you know, that will pay off, especially later. And I know a lot of people try to hide stuff, which a lot of stuff does need to keep be kept confidential from your children, but it's okay. It's okay to be sad around your kid. Yeah. 
you're showing them that it's okay. And you're showing them like there is relief and recovery after being sad that things pass. Mm-hmm. If you're going and if you're going to show them that side, show them how, show them how you get joy again. You know, yeah. I was having a tough day a couple weeks ago with my daughter and I started crying because she was having a hard day. Listen, toddlers are <laughs> bless up. And I started crying and I was like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go for a drive. And we got in the car and we put on trolls and she wanted to dance and I wanted to dance. And so we kind of had that process of like, yeah. we had together, we were upset probably with each other. And then we kind of, we dealt with it. We coped. Yeah. So, That's yeah. so powerful. Oh, this was such a good episode. Thank you so much for, for sharing every like sharing all of it like i think this is extremely relatable whether someone's going through a co-parenting breakup or not so thank you and i adore you and thank you for coming on oh my gosh thank you such an honor i appreciate you so much thank you i hope you enjoyed today's show if you loved it i hope you'll leave a review and share with your friends if you're not already following me on instagram head to at your breakup bestie where i'm sharing new content almost every day To join our Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with thousands of people from all over the world going through breakups, head to the link in the show notes. And don't forget to check out my online courses for more in-depth help through your healing journey. I always end these episodes the same way, reminding you to be nice to yourself, stay connected with loved ones, and the biggest reminder is that this too shall pass. I promise. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.